Hey guys, welcome to the You Make the Scene podcast. My name is Josh. This is episode number 13. This week on the episode, I've got a conversation with Ben McGinnis of Callaway Circus. Um, We had a great conversation talking about the new album getting ready to drop on February the 14th called Entropy. Uh, We talked about kind of the recording process and songwriting process, a little bit about mental health, a little bit about some travel frustrations and things like that. Um, Really good conversation. Really excited to bring this one to you guys. Let's jump into that now, and here's the conversation with Ben. To kick things off, let's uh, let's start off with your know your name, what you do in the band, and just a little bit of background on you. Yeah, uh, so I'm I'm Ben. Uh, I am the uh, I say I would I'm the creative force behind Callaway Circus. Um, I uh, I started this band when I was about 15. Uh, I wrote like about 13 songs uh, in my parents' basement and just demoed it out in GarageBand and. Uh, basically just put those songs out like like hey these i feel these things it was just kind of my way to cope with everything i was feeling at the time and then a lot of people uh really resonated with it um so from there kind of just built a band around that i guess um and then uh yeah and then i guess in the past couple years it's really picked up into something different because uh, for a while it was, you know, like it was just kind of my little creative outlet. We were playing local shows, right? Um, and then it really started to, to, you know, snowball into something bigger than that. So that's yeah. kind of where we got to where we are now. Awesome. Um, so you know, being at a relatively young age, uh, especially yeah. in the music industry, um, you know, talking about some of the stuff that that you're going through um, or have went through. Uh, I think really carried over on this this album. Obviously, um, you know I've been listening to the kind of pre-release and things like yeah. that. So, Thank you, yeah, um, really digging it. Do you want to tell people a little bit about kind of um, I guess some influence that you had around it? Yeah. Um, so this record, uh, Entropy, uh, was written in probably like like the most turmoil I've ever been in. Um, it had kind of come at this time. Uh, the original drummer of the band had decided to leave to go to college. Um, so I, I, you know, at this point, I didn't even know if I had a band. I had just gone through a lot of traumatic stuff um, uh, with an abusive relationship. So I was, like, really just in a really dark place. And um, luckily, I met these guys in uh, Lancaster, Pennsylvania that were like, hey, guy, uh, man, like, you know, you can fly out here and we can work on music and I was like that'd be awesome so um I originally just went out and did one song and uh that was really just to like see if I could still write music and kind of just see if this was still something I wanted to do and that just snowballed like immediately it was it was actually the title or the the first track on the record which is look what you've done and that kind of just smoked snowballed into the record being a record like it was um you know, originally just planning to go out and do a single, and then I just got kind of fascinated with um, this idea of chaos and trauma and basically the whole, you know, like the triumph of the human spirit over that was basically something I just got really obsessed with. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of like where my head was at while writing this. It was all, um, we actually put this record out before, you know, like as just a local band. Right. And we took it down and have been, you know, re-releasing it. And, you know, when it first came out, I could really tell that, like, this one was different. 
Um, and like people really resonated with it right away. And I was like, okay, I did something right here. Right. Well, and I think, you know, the, the big thing and especially in the kind of, you know, punk genre and post hardcore. And, you know, I know you've got a lot of influences from a bunch of different genres, but like, I think the, the cool thing is it's got a very, almost emo feel lyrically but then you know you're very cheerful in a lot of the delivery too like you said Mm -hmm. kind of that triumph over this darkness um and i think the honesty that you were you know putting into the music really really comes across um just with the way that the lyrics flow and everything so yeah Yeah, i I appreciate that yeah it's a it's a really cool thing you know, the most important to me is honesty in music, and that's kind of why our our sound is all over the place, because I I listen to everything, you know, I'm not gonna sit here and put out just music that, like, I listen to, you know, all my my Spotify on shuffle is insane, but, but it's like, that's what I listen to, you know? Yeah, I mean, um, I'm, I'm the same way, like, I literally was on a car ride, um, I live right around Indianapolis, and we were headed up to Chicago, me and a buddy, and I literally hit shuffle, and it went from everything from, like, state champs to, like, Illinium's EDM and, like, yeah, exactly, just yeah. everything. And he's like, what yeah. in the hell are you doing? And I'm like, Yeah, that's... a lot of people will criticize me if I go on aux, but, like, that's just, that's what I listen to in the car, you yeah. know? <laughs> yeah. Um, so you've released three new, well, I say new singles, but like you said, you've kind of yeah. previously released them, but off yeah, to and the we actually, album. we got, uh, some stuff remixed and mastered. So uh, to me, it feels new. <laughs> right. Right. So, uh, the, the three that you've released as singles are, um, gray oxygen and unpredictable, right? Yes. So within those three, because we're going to be picky like this and I want to put you on the spot. <laughs> yeah. In those three, what's the one song that you would say like, this is the song you have to check out. Uh, great for sure. Yeah. 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 I would, I would agree uh, with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, when I wrote that song, I n- knew it was like, going to be the flagship song for the record. Um, and that's why we put it out first as the single. Um, cause I feel like it's just a very good introduction to what, like what we're all about. Yeah. And I think it, I think it stands on its own. Um, exactly. Yeah. I think it's a very good, um, indication of the record yeah yeah it, it definitely you know as i was playing through the record um that was a song that i knew obviously had already been one of the singles but like it's really one that truly stands on its own so it's not like well if i don't have this other song for context or whatever like yeah exactly, it doesn't yeah. matter that song's there so mm-hmm. um talk about some of the people that you got to work with on the the record and and production yeah this record was crazy so um you know up until this record i'd never really written with anyone before um I, it was mostly just me writing whole songs by myself and then just taking them to a studio to track mm-hmm. um so this was a cool process this was my first time ever co-writing and that is now kind of like my thing um right <laughs> so yeah it's kind of funny so i uh i actually got in touch with these guys in lancaster um through uh, they were in a band called civil youth um and we had played with them a bunch and the uh, the drummer of the band started working with their producer out there and was like, hey, man, like, I'm doing this stuff. You should come work with me. And I was like, sure. You know, like, like I said, like, they, they called me out there to work on one track. Um, so that was really cool. That's uh, Evan Seberger and Jeff McKinnon. And they're both really, really great guys. Um, they work at um, uh, Think Loud Studios okay, in, yeah. in York, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Um, but we actually just tracked most of the record at Jeff's house. Um, 
because you know I, I I was 19 at the time <laughs> I, I could not afford those think loud hours right um, but, but, but I think that uh, brings, also, you know I think that brings some of the honesty to to the music too is that yeah for sure yeah because we were definitely you know tracking stuff at 2 a.m you know but like very very um yeah very honest environment for sure because we were just you know all together the whole time yeah and then uh i uh did another so i did oxygen with um a couple buddies of mine uh they're in a band called roco and they were i did that in blue springs missouri just in their basement um they're both like my age like 20 25 um so that was really cool just to be in a space where we were all you know similar creative energy and just similar energy in general. Right. Um, so that was really cool. And, and they, they're great at, you know, the synth pop stuff. So that's why I worked with them for oxygen. And then, uh, I did kind of myself with Jesse kale. Um, and have you ever seen like the Epic rap battle videos on YouTube? Yeah. He makes all the music for those. Oh, like, that's, okay. He has like gold records for that stuff. Yeah. Um, which is, that's not actually how I know him. He's a, he was the keyboard player of this band Vespertine. Okay. Um, and we played with them a bunch and I loved his production. He produced all their stuff and I loved his production on that. So I worked with him on kind of myself and did that in, uh, Columbus, Ohio. Nice. So, uh, I was all over the country for a while. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that was, that was really cool though. Cause I just feel like the record was kind of shaped by this, you know, the record was chaos. Like that was the subject matter. And then the process itself was chaotic as well. So, yeah. And I think it's always nice when, you know, you're able to, work with several different people on that creative yeah, outlet. You exactly. Know? And it, it just really gets a lot of different voices and gives me a lot of different ideas. Yeah. And I mean, not that there's anything wrong with working with a single producer, but you can tell when a record's been produced pretty much solely by one person and it's like, okay, yeah. they're all yeah, starting to sound the same. Yeah. So I think it's cool, you know, like you said, that you mixed it up and and um, it does. It lends itself to each song kind of being its own thing and not really. Yeah, being I, I really love that. my favorite thing about Entropy is how each song could have been a single, um, but also like within context, it's one big piece. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and I I think you know. It, when this releases, you know, to the, to the masses, um, to the masses. <laughs> it's literally a, an album that you can hit play on track one, let it run all the way through track nine, not have to skip anything and not feel like anything's out of place, you know, like yeah, the yeah, arrangement exactly. worked really well. Yeah. We, we, we worked on that track listing for a while. There was a lot of, a lot of switching around. Yeah. Um, but you know, to me, I, the most important thing was that it ends with kind of myself because mm -hmm that's ultimately the message I wanted to send. Uh, and that's why I'm really excited that it's the next single. And I was going to say, that's honestly probably the favorite song that I had on the album. Um, yeah. Because of the message, you know, again, mental mm -hmm. health being so important. Yeah. I, I don't think enough people, unfortunately, I don't think enough people kind of realize that it's okay to take a step away from stuff and start being kind to yourself. Cause exactly. the, the voice in your head's, a fucking liar 90% of the time. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And and my thing was, I just, I feel like there's so many songs about mental health that are, you know, they're, they're geared towards one thing. They're like, oh, depression, oh, suicide, or oh, anxiety, and all those things. I just feel like, I always felt like whenever I heard those songs, I was like, yeah, but there's other stuff. Right. And so, Kind of Myself was basically a way for me to address all, I guess, like, blanket statement mental health because 
you know, everybody is very specific with what they deal with. Yeah. Um, but I want to kind of myself to basically be an anthem, you know, for, for self-love, honestly. Yeah. And that's, um, I just did an interview with, uh, Chad Moses of to write love on our arms. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah he's their, um, their outreach manager and whatnot. And mm-hmm. we kind of talked about that, that, you know, so many people get focused on, on one particular point, like suicide yeah. prevention. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. Super important. But there are other things, you know. Exactly. That's not the only thing that's going on. Right. The, the world is a pretty fucked up place and it's <laughs> exactly. not just one thing. Yeah. Um, any uh, videos or anything like that that you have planned? Yeah, we shot my favorite video we've ever shot is coming out for Kind of Myself. And I'm, I'm over the moon about it. Um, we, uh, we shot it at, um, it's an abandoned church converted to a skate park in downtown St. Louis. That sounds fucking um, awesome. Yeah, so actually, so a little background on me, before I was, uh, before I played music, like skateboarding was like my thing, you know, I I would drive to Chicago to do these competitions, I had all these sponsors, and that was like my life, and uh, so like that was, pairing that with kind to myself was like really powerful to me, because skateboarding's always been really freedom, you know, a really good sense of freedom for me, Um, and then also just kind of the fact that it's in a church, and... (laughs) that song is kind of like gospel to me. Right. Um, it was just, it's really, it's a really powerful video and I'm really psyched. It comes out on uh, Thursday through a substream. Okay. Yeah. We'll definitely link over that, um, as soon as they've got it up. So, yeah. Um, yeah, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about the history, you know, the skateboarding and stuff that, that whole scene, how big of a, a factor did that play growing up? You know, like you said, it was a release, but like, Mm-hmm. The the punk rock genre that seems to be tied to, you know, skate skate yeah. punk and whatnot, was that a factor for you growing up? I mean, honestly, uh, the the first actual band I was in, like, was like, you know, well, I wouldn't say actual. The first time I really, like, played with other musicians was a punk band. Uh, I was the drummer, um, funny enough. Right. <laughs> and uh, actually, to be honest, if anything, skateboarding really got me into hip-hop. Yeah. Um because uh, just St. Louis is more of a hip-hop city than a punk city, just in general. Yep. Um, so uh, I really I really do, like, attribute all my love to hip-hop from skateboarding. And I definitely think, like, um, you know, like, I don't know if you've seen anything, but, like, our, our live shows are kind of a spectacle, and I, 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 like, hang off the ceiling and jump around and stuff, and that's that's definitely inspired by skateboarding. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, that's kind of one of the cool things. So there's several, I grew up with Warp Tour and all that, you know. Yeah. And like here in Indiana, um, the the skateboarding's a lot more on the punk side and whatnot. But yeah. I've heard other people say that too. Like Chicago, it's a mix between the, the pop punk and the hip hop. St. Louis yeah. is hip hop. Um, so it's it's cool that, you know, it's one of those things just like music. It transcends really... The, yeah. the stereotype you don't have it was, to it was just to really cool doing that video shoot because it was like seeing all the parallels between music and skateboarding like in real time was so cool yeah yeah can't wait to see it man that that sounds yeah. really cool um so again mental health being a, obviously a big factor for you to um mm-hmm. not prying by any means do you want to go into any any details on you know maybe some of the the song specifics on that yeah for sure um so, um, I mean, every song really on the record obviously deals with mental health. Um, 
because I think really everything deals with mental health. Um, funny enough, my mother's a therapist, so um, uh, no, that happened after I started the band. Okay, so, okay, yeah. that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, anyways, yeah, it was. Uh, I think you know if if any song on the record would really be a specific you know diagnosis or whatever. I think you know. I, I think look what you've done is kind of the PTSD anthem um, because that that was something that I really struggled with for a while and I, I really didn't know if anybody felt that um, because you know the the common understanding of PTSD is war you know and I clearly didn't go to war um, yeah. but it was it was definitely something for me to work through and um, I feel like that track really resonates with people because. It, it kind of normalizes it more. It makes it feel more accessible, I guess. Yeah, and I think... I almost felt kind of guilty about having PTSD. Well, and I was, I was going to say, I feel like you're not alone in that, you know? Like, yeah. the the stigma for, for PTSD is obviously the extremes of war and stuff like mm-hmm. that, but it's... I mean, any traumatic event can, can trigger exactly. those things, you know? And it's... Yeah. It's really kind of unfair the the way that societies kind of pigeonhole it to where well you you know just an abusive relationship or just a car accident or something like yeah. that you can't have PTSD well why not yeah exactly it was like I was like well it sucked though <laughs> right yeah it, it yeah. fucked me up that's exactly yeah. what this is <laughs> yeah so but I was uh, definitely like that track and uh, there's another song called Unpredictable and that was really just um, a way to talk about. Um, depression after like a loss because depression is so weird because it's different all the time you know um so another thing you know another big problem i have with modern music is people are like oh i have depression and it's like yeah but talk about it you know yeah Um, and, and i think the thing that i always try to push on people um when it when it comes to the depression side of things is because i'm very vocal about it because i've you know, struggled with it pretty much my whole life as well. Yeah. Is there's a big, big difference. There's an importance to the words. Mm-hmm. Just because you're sad right now doesn't mean you're depressed. And that's one thing that exactly. pisses me off so bad is when people have something that sucks. I mean, you know, loss of a job. I'm, you know, I'm depressed. Are you though? Yeah. Or are you just upset? Or you just kind of bummed. <laughs> right. Like there's a big difference between the two. So I think it's, yeah. it's that honesty of, of, the words, you know, knowing what yeah. depression really is and being able to speak to it versus, like you said, just kind of that general, it's almost cool to be depressed now. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm very, I'm very vigilant about how I speak about mental health because it's such a cool thing right now, which I obviously hate. Right. It's just very romanticized, you know, it's like, oh, it's cool to have addictions or whatever and it's it's just not so right and um, I, I think like that's, that's something i try to walk the line with yeah i was gonna say i think you know it, pop culture has has done a terrible disservice to it so like that i haven't watched it myself but um on netflix there's that show called you and it's all about this dude yeah, that's exactly. a stalker I, I can't and even shit. bring myself to watch that shit. yeah this dude's a fucking stalker and shit and people love it and i'm like but, yeah, but and why? Actually, I have another. I have a big issue with Netflix because of Thirteen Reasons Why. Yeah, so I um, I watched probably almost the entire first season, and yeah, then I, I was like, I'm done. Yeah, I it honestly for me anyway, you know, with where I was at in my mental state and whatnot, mm-hmm. 
it wasn't as bad as I expected it to be. But yeah. then, like, like I said, I didn't even finish the first season because it started getting to that point where I'm like, you guys are trying to make it a beautiful thing, and that's not what yeah. this is. Like, stop. So I just, I quit watching that, too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, it's, it's, it's kind of a bummer, you know, just the way that it gets represented. Um, and I obviously, like, like, I don't like to be defined by it, but it's it's obviously part of me. Right. Um, and I love talking about it because, like, everybody has something like this, you know? There's, yeah. there's not one person on the planet who's, like, perfectly fine, you know? Yeah, exactly. And I think that's um, kind of ties in. There's a dude named Diletto, um that I've talked to twice now um, about mental health. His record just re- uh, came out this last Friday, as a matter of fact. Um, but he and I were kind of saying the same thing where it's like, I'm not defined by it just because I have it and I've, you know, learned how to, to cope with it and things like that. Like, I don't want people to just be like, Oh, that dude, he's the one that only talks about depression. Like, exactly. Yeah. There's there's more to me than that, but yes, I can, I can have a real conversation with you, you know? Yeah. So, uh, let's jump back to the record a little bit here. Um, Tired Eyes is another song that oh, I yeah. I really really dug. Uh, um, yeah, everybody actually recently we had about like ten people over the other night, and everyone in the room uh, confessed to me that Tired Eyes is the best song that we have. <laughs> uh, it's it's everybody's favorite. Um, it's my favorite. It's Tyler's favorite. It's 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 like we all love it. Um, and that song was actually written during the process of entropy like i was actually um the story behind it i was i was flying home from pennsylvania uh back to st louis and i had a connecting flight in uh Bal- or in uh charlotte north carolina mm-hmm. and basically what had happened was the plane i was supposed to connect on took off while the other one i was on was on the tarmac sweet and <laughs> yeah so like, yeah i was like that's great um, go American Airlines. Um, <laughs> and then, so basically, I was screwed. I was stuck in Charlotte, North Carolina. There was not a, a flight out till 8 p.m. the next night to St. Louis. So I was like, shit. Um, yeah. So I ended up getting a hotel room. Um, it's like 2 in the morning at this point, And, you know, I just left Pennsylvania. I don't really have a lot of belongings right now. I'm not going to open my, my suitcase and get all my clothes out or anything. All right. I really have is my laptop. And I, I, at first I just sat in the room and cried for a while because it had just been a really overwhelming experience. Yeah. Um, you know, because I had just gone through writing and singing all these things for, you know, two weeks or a month straight. And then I'm trying to fly home and decompress and I can't even do that. Um, so I was in like a really hard space and I vividly remember like crying into frozen spaghetti because, like, that's all there was right? <laughs> open, um, the gas station, so I had to get that. But, yeah, I basically, you know, fought through all that and wrote the chorus for Tired Eyes that night and called Evan, my co-writer, in the morning, and I was like, hey, dude, started working on this last night, like, after all the bullshit I just went through, and I, I really like it. And he was like, dude, that is going to be, like, we have to work on that as soon as you come back. Um, so that was that was definitely, like, the most, like, like the song, that was the song that really came out of me. If that makes sense, I didn't plan to write that song. Yeah, and I th- I think you know that's something that maybe a lot of people that 
aren't familiar with the the industry and the writing process and things like that like typically when you go in like you were going in to record most of the record you have a pretty good idea of what's going to land on the record you know or what, exactly, what yeah. you're you putting have, out there you have a pretty solid idea of what songs we're talking about yeah here. and yeah. then to write one during the process and be like oh no that's going very here. late in the process kind yeah. of thing and but we knew it had to be on there yeah and that's super weird that you know from pennsylvania you have to go over to fucking north carolina yeah i was like are you kidding me like <laughs> yeah like i'm farther away from home now yeah it, it makes no sense but i mean i guess they kind of did that to me i went to ireland a couple years ago and it was from indianapolis i flew to chicago to fly to ireland yeah, exactly. and it's like, what the fuck? Then, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it's ridiculous. So, yeah it's super dumb um yeah. tell me about lose your mind uh yeah lose your mind um so uh, the guys I was working with in, in Pennsylvania, luckily their band got to play a couple dates of Warp Tour. Nice. Um, the final one. Yeah. And so I went with them, obviously, because I was there. Um, and we spent a lot of time watching Don Broco. <laughs> and so so Lose Your Mind was like our Don Broco like, inspired song. But basically that song is really, I, lyrically it's about how frustrating it is to write music. Right. And, um, you know, it's like, this thing I'm so passionate about, it's my favorite thing in the world, but also, like, it, I get so mad when I'm doing it sometimes, you know? Yeah, it's, I mean, for people that don't write, you know, it's one of those, you you come up with yeah. a couple good lyrics, and then it's like, well, where do I Fuck. put the hook? Like, <laughs> yeah. how does this tie in? Where do I go yeah, from exactly. here? Yeah, it's, exactly. It's, it's a very frustrating process, and but also, you know, the most, like, fulfilling for me. Yeah, I think especially once the song's done, it's like, holy shit, we did that, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's like for me, it's like I think of all my songs as my kids, you know? Right. <laughs> uh, they're all they're all special in their own way. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, lose your mind was just very like I just really wanted kind of like a like an anthem because you know our our fan base is is very young because we're very young. Right. Um, so I, I wanted something to, you know, tell kids to like kind of follow their dreams, but also like as a warning, like, yo, it's going to be hard. Um, yeah. And I, um, I think there's been a few artists that I've talked to here lately that that's been somewhere in their album. And it's, it's because for so long they themselves and, and maybe you in the same boat were kind of held back to some extent. Like, oh yeah, big time. <laughs> you, can, you can do that, but. This yeah, is, exactly. It's not going to work, you know, like, the chances of it working are so small, and it's like, but if I don't try, then we'll never know what really happened. Exactly, I'll hate myself if I don't give this my all. Yeah, and I, I talked about that on um, a different album review that I was doing about the the cost of regret, you know, like... Yeah, exactly. You, I would much rather go out and try to do whatever and fail and be like, you know what, okay, I just wasn't good enough to do it. Yeah, exactly. Versus never doing thinking, it and then go... And thinking, what if. Yeah, exactly. what, what if I could have made it? That's why I started this band, man. Like, I was, for a long time, I really wanted to be, like, the songwriter and kind of sit in the back and not be the front man. And that's why I was writing all these songs for a long time. And then one day it just kind of snapped, and I was like, I, I can do this, and if I don't do this, I'm, not, I'm never going to know. Right. And, I mean, I think that's one of the things that as a musician or any really creative uh, outlet, whether it's, you know, painting, drawing, whatever, like, you have to put yourself out there and be honest with your art to know if it's really going to work or not. That's, like, 100% what the track's about, so, yeah. Yeah. 
And I think you you nailed it, man. Like I said, I think this album's uh, super solid. We'll definitely have you know all Thank sorts you. of links and whatnot to it. Um, that's really all I've got for you for for tonight. We'll uh, definitely be touching base a little later and try to catch you on tour. But um, cool. Let's talk about you know to to kind of end it. The all the socials, you know, where can people find you? All that fun stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're uh, so everything is just at Callaway Circus. Um, it's spelled C A L L O W A Y, not not the other way, because um, that one gets that that happens a lot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're on the Facebook, we're on Instagram, Twitter, uh, YouTube. Check out our YouTube channel. We got a lot of good music videos coming out. Um, yeah, just, I I think that's mainly it. I mean, follow us on Spotify for sure. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, that's you know that's where all the music's coming. Awesome. And uh, yeah, I think. Um, you know, we're, we're trying to hit the road this summer for sure. So um, if you're trying to catch us on tour. Yeah, that was going to be my next one is, you know, <laughs> any plans for tour dates or anything like that? I, I, I cannot I cannot give any out at the, right, at the moment. Right, right. Um, That's what but, I figured. But there, there is stuff in the works for sure. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll try to keep people posted with that sort of stuff too. You know, we'll, awesome, we'll share yeah. as much as we can for you. Um, yeah, I really appreciate it. Yeah, that's all I've got. So last words to, to fans or hopefully soon-to-be fans. Oh, yeah, man. Uh, just the entropy comes out on Valentine's Day. Um, I really hope everybody enjoys it, honestly, because like, I really do. <laughs> right. Yeah. Awesome, man. I appreciate your time. Uh, like All I right, said, we'll, thank you. we'll be pushing it for you, and we'll talk soon. All right, man. Thank you so much. Have a good one. Thank you. You too. All right. Bye. See you. And that was our conversation with Ben from Callaway Circus. Hope you guys enjoyed that. I know I did. Uh a lot of potential there. The new album is fucking sick. And that drops on Friday, February the 14th. So coming up here in just a few days. Uh, highly recommend you jumping on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Play, wherever you listen to your music, um, and checking that album out. few things that we've got coming up. We're going to have some album reviews as bonus episodes, just like what we did with Doletto's uh, debut album called Old Kid. You can check that out now. Um, We're also going to have episode number 14 will be an interview with Connecticut-based rockers Half-Hearted. They've got a new album getting ready to drop, so we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about their plans for 2020. It's going to be a really good show for you so looking forward to that um we've got some new merch up in the in the store so head over to www.youmakethescene.com slash shop and you'll be able to see all the new merch there um some new t-shirt designs we've got some hats that are going up and things like that some different types of of merch for you so Uh, We're really excited to be bringing you that sort of stuff as well. Um, That's all I've got for you guys this week. We're going to take it out uh, with the new single by Callaway Circus called Kind to Myself. They just dropped a video for it. I'm going to have a link to that down in the description below as well as all their socials. Um, Remember to take care of yourselves, take care of each other. And you make the scene. All my stars and all my nightmares. All the people said I'm going nowhere. It's time to me to prove this in myself. I'm the only one.
Get my time. Uh -huh. 